So the big question is this, how do veterinarians like you, who live demanding lives, who never seem to have enough time, able to achieve balance and take control of your finances with confidence? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. We are Florida Veterinary Advisors, and this is the Smarter Vet Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Smarter Vet Podcast. This is one of your hosts, Tom Seco. I'm a financial advisor with Florida Veterinary Advisors, and today we have a special guest with us. Her name is Dr. Erica Mendez. She owns the Purposeful Vet, and at the same time, she does behavior consultations for dogs and cats through Erica Mendez. I believe it's LLC, if you can correct me on that, Erica. Erica Mendez DVM. DVM, okay, DVM. And, uh, you know, she's got some great insights to share with us today around financial topics. So, hey, Erica, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun today. And uh, just to get our listeners a little bit familiarized with who you are, because I'm sure this is the first time people might have heard about you. But why don't you share a little bit about, like, you know, where did you go to school and you know, how did you start working? So please just jump sure. right in. Sure. I am a New York native, and so I went to veterinary school at Cornell University, which is a beautiful place to go to vet school. And once I graduated vet school in 2002, I actually started a practice in California, and I worked at a very large practice there for about a year and a half until I decided I didn't really like working at a very big practice. Was it, <laughs> and a, then I, <laughs> was it a corporate, or is it more of an independent? It wasn't. It was an independently owned practice. I think it still is at the moment, but it was just a 20 doctor practice and it was 24 seven and it was just, it was very intense. And so I went from that practice to kind of the opposite practice. I went to kind of a mom and pop practice, which was also independently owned and worked there for another year and a half until I, that practice ended up getting sold to another individual. And so policies were changing quite rapidly there. And I took my leave from there as well. And that was actually when I started doing the majority of my behavior consultations. I dove deep into small animal behavior, got my training and certification to be a dog trainer, and then started doing just consultations in practices as well as in people's homes. And I did that for a few years until I moved to Florida. Wow. So you've got a lot of experience. And I'm, I'm curious, was veterinary medicine your first career? Yes and no. I mean, I had worked in laboratories and I was quite the scientist when I was in undergraduate and I actually really enjoyed doing research and being in a laboratory, but it was never a, uh, never just a passion of mine. Really, I grew up wanting to be a vet ever since I was a little girl and dreamed of one day becoming a veterinarian and never let go of that, of that dream. Do you still work at the moment? Are you practicing or do you focus more of your efforts on educating the veterinary profession? What do you do right now? I still work. I um, I work at a busy 24-7 practice in Florida, and there are typically nine doctors at the practice, and we do have emergency capability in ICU, and it's, uh, but it started as a two to three doctor practice and has grown over the last 13 years. And so I've been at this practice and it was a privately owned practice. And in the last three years, it was purchased by a corporation. So the 24-7 the seems to be your, your forte. That's an area that you like to work in a lot. You know, it just kind of ends up that way. I find that the good things about working in a 24-7 practice are that the quality of medicine that I can practice is quite high. So I have, you know, the capability to hospitalize my patients and practice pretty high level care. And as far as the medicine goes, I 
do a lot of internal medicine. I have gotten very adept at doing ultrasounds and I'm learning how to do echocardiography. So it's been a good place for me to grow and learn and kind of has forced me to grow and learn in that way as well. That's awesome. I love the opportunity to grow and learn. And when you're in a, a scenario, my, you know, my, my wife is in a very similar position with the work that she does, where when you work in a bigger company or have like something where there's a lot of different avenues, you can learn and be able to grow your skills. And that's always fun. It is fun. I love, I love learning new things. Yeah, for sure. To shift gears a little bit here, and thanks for sharing those things with us, to get really into the matters of our conversation today. Before you hired a financial professional, was there a reason that you didn't have one? I would say as far as growing up, talking about money, talking about investing, talking about saving was not something that was done in my household. There were no money conversations. It was either we have money to do this or we don't have money to do this. I wouldn't say it was secretive, but it was definitely not something that was discussed. And I'm not sure if it was because it was taboo. I don't know if it's a a cultural difference, if it's a socioeconomic difference. My parents are both working, you know, I would call them blue collar workers and did not have a lot of wealth coming from their families and worked very hard to get what they could. And I don't think we were paycheck to paycheck, but I actually had no idea how much my parents made. I have no idea how much our house cost. I have no idea. So I was very much kept in the dark regarding finances. And so I did not grow up in a household that discussed such things or educated me in such things. And so largely when I became an adult and started managing my own finances, it was just kind of figure it out there. You know, I, I, I never took a class regarding finances. I had no idea that people could actually invest their money. I had no idea what bonds or CDs were or interest. You know, these were things that were completely foreign to me. And obviously when you get out of that school, you learn very quickly what interest is and (laughs) um, (laughs) what interest rates are. And and you begin to navigate those things. But for me, it was very much just, you know, I had to learn on the go and I did the best I could, but it was more... I didn't even know financial advisors were really even a thing. Wow. Definitely. When you don't know, then it's like, how do I find out? At at what point did you, you know, did you find out like about an advisor? And when you did find out, you know, what did you think that they would and should be doing to help you with your finances when you first started talking to someone? Well, coming to the point in my life, I had purchased a house and was wanting to sell that house and begin to think about retirement and getting older and I was concerned about, you know, saving enough for my future and our future as a family. And I had become very much aware that figuring stuff out on my own was not the way to go anymore. And I think as veterinarians, that's something we really get stuck at is I'm smart. I can figure this out on my own Mm. and I can research it and I can do it myself. I don't need to hire somebody to do this for me. We're very much MacGyvers and do-it-yourselfers, I think. You you all are doctors, so. Right. And and I think we pride ourselves on being smart people. And, you know, for, for us to feel like we don't know something is very uncomfortable for us. And I'm not going to speak for all vets. I'll say for me, (laughs) it's very (laughs) uncomfortable (laughs) to not know something or to be ignorant in in a huge area such as finances. And I had done a lot of personal growth and begun learning from mentors for um, my relationship and then my health. And that really put me in a different mindset where 
I realized that it was just dumb not to ask somebody for help regarding something as big as my finances. And, you know, when you can look at someone who's seven steps beyond where you are at and take their hand and they can help pull you up and shortcut it for you. Yes, it costs money, but if they can, they've already, you know, like, like studying finance and reading about finances and blogs on finances is not my idea of a fun time. And so if I can grab somebody's hand and they can pull me up and that does float their boat and that is their good time and they have all the answers and, you know, to get that help, just, it became more and more, it made more sense. And so as I began to kind of just up level my life and improve my life with, you know, up leveling my relationships and my ability to work more efficiently and have better relationships with my clients, it just kind of made sense that the last thing I needed help with was my finances. And that was when I, when I decided to, to start looking for help. You're not alone when it comes to, I've seen so many countless times where I've heard that I, I, one, I, I should have money is one component of it. I was like, I need a bunch of money to work with an advisor. But then two, it's also like, I don't want to be that person to say, I don't know. And being very, I've, I've noticed from a lot of veterinarians that we have conversations with that it's a very similar thing. It's like, I, I want to figure it out on my own. I want to try to get it done. And then trying to glue all those pieces together at the end of the day is it's hard. It's not easy, especially when you're trying to practice good medicine too. You're like, I got to focus on my patients and now I got to focus on making good money, money decisions. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's a definitely, it's something that is difficult for us to us perfectionists to admit that (laughs) we need, we need help. Well, like after you found that person to start helping you, like, how did you know that that was the right person to work with? What was it about that made you take that leap? I think a lot of it has to do with personality. I mean, this is somebody who you have to feel comfortable with, you know, showing your finances to. And for some people, I think that maybe not very vulnerable for them, but for me it was because you're, you know, kind of showing them this is how much debt I have and this is how much money I have in the bank and this is how much money I'm saving right now. And and it reflects some of your maybe not very good decisions with, you know, this is how much credit card I Yes, the skeletons in the closet. (laughs) And so part of it was just being able to be comfortable, relatable, you know, not feel like they were going to shame me for my bad decisions or, you know, poor, poor money decisions, you know, that they weren't going to wag, wag a finger in my face and, you know, slap me on the wrist for not saving for my retirement for the last three years, just because I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) to do that. And so a lot of it was comfort level, you know, their confidence at being able to say, yes, we can help you. But a lot of it is, you know, their personalities and that instilled a lot of comfort with me and made me feel comfortable that I could be open and vulnerable with them with my finances and that they weren't going to chastise me and that they really did have good intentions and they weren't just trying to make money for themselves. They were really trying to get me to a place where, you know, I could be safe in my finances. Good. That's great. I'm, I'm sure there's many people that have been in the same position like you looking for someone and, and wondering if they're, they're doing the right thing for you and are they really helping you and a personality. It's personalities are key too. I've always noticed that if you don't mesh in personalities, it might not be a good move at the end of the day. So I, I get where you're coming from. Talk to us about the biggest financial failure you've had and like, what did you learn from it? Oh, what am I still learning from it? Um, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> 
I mean, I would say, you know, when in 2007, I came to Florida and, you know, this was coming from, I was coming from California and, you know, houses in California cost $600,000, $700,000 for a tiny little two bedroom house. So when I came to Florida and visited this town that I currently live in, the houses were relatively inexpensive, $250,000, you know, and $300,000. And so, you know, I got very excited about that. And pretty much instead of deciding to rent a house and set that up, I pretty much bought a house in a day. Wow. And decided just to, you know, like, let's just go look at houses and we'll just buy one because we had to, you know, we were heading back to California the next day. And so we kind of went on a mad dash. And I think that decision was not a wise one because could could I go back in time? And, you know, I think you should really live in a place before you decide where you're going to buy a house in that place. That's and it's not advice. to say that, yeah, that I don't, you know, love where I live, but it's just about, you know, eight miles east of where I would like to be. <laughs> <laughs> just, just a little, little far to the, far to the right, right? <laughs> just a little far to the right. If yeah. <laughs> I could be just that much, you know, and, and I think it was just kind of the mentality of, you know, this is a little beach town and, you know, 15 minutes to the beach is nothing when, you know, you're thinking of, you know, when you're in California and it's an hour and a half to the beach, right. but when you live in this little beach town, 15 minutes is actually. Feels like an eternity. It's a completely different lifestyle living, yeah. you know, beachside. And so, you know, had I bought a house beachside, gosh, things would be so much different. And, and then, of course, the market crashed, the housing market crashed, and this house depreciated in value tremendously um, right. to the point where, you know, I was upside down in my mortgage for quite a few years and um, just didn't have a lot of equity in it. And, you know, so that was, you know, I would say that was that that's been my biggest financial burden to, to this date. Gotcha. Well, so before you started working with an advisor, what was something that you you struggled with? And what is something you felt you weren't very good at doing when it came to your finances? I think the biggest thing that I didn't do was I just ignored my finances, I would say, you know, it was skeletons in the closet. It was, you know, I didn't even think I didn't have a plan for how I was going to pay off my debts. I didn't have a plan for you know, how I was going to um, get out of debt. I didn't have a spending plan. And so I had no idea how much I was spending on anything. Turns out Mm. I spend a lot of money on books. So (laughs) when I look at it. I like books, um, so. I do too. It's really difficult. Um, (laughs) But the library is a good resource (laughs) that I should take advantage of. Try it before Um, you buy it kind of thing, right? Exactly. And so, I mean, those were kind of like the biggest, the biggest things were that I just ignored it. I just was like, I don't want to think about it. It brought me a lot of shame to think about, you know, my debt and how much there was. And I just didn't, I felt like it was just better off to be ignored, which is really the the complete wrong thing to do with your finances. You know, I wasn't, (laughs) there were definitely areas where I wasn't protected. You know, we didn't have any kind of, you know, protection set up for ourselves if anything were to happen to us with our daughter and that's just bad well so then basically once you started working with someone they really started putting the spotlight on things and helped you really start thing, seeing things maybe you weren't very aware of helped you understand like what steps you should be taking it sounds like that's what what that's been able to help you do 
For sure. I mean, it was definitely just, I mean, just the, the process of, of, you know, working with a financial advisor does make you pull all, pull everything out of the closet. You know, it's like, here's all your debt. Let's put it into this <laughs> worksheet. Here's all of your assets. Let's put it into this worksheet. And the funny thing was, is when we did that, it actually wasn't as bad as I thought. Oh, yeah. You know, it was, it actually gave brought me a lot of comfort and brought me a lot of peace. And I had all the shame wrapped up for really no good reason because I really wasn't in bad shape. Um, right. I actually, you know, my, I was plus on my sheet and not negative. So I, <laughs> I, you know, once I did it, I actually felt pretty good about where I was. Whereas before it was a source of anxiety for me. Mm. Once I brought everything out and laid it all out in front of someone and, and, you know, they said to me, Hey, look, you're in the positive. This is good. I would have thought I was in the hole, but I really wasn't. And it, it just brought me a, a lot of sense of comfort and relief. And I was able to let a lot of that anxiety go. I, w- I would say that a lot of times when, when we do run into people and that without having that clarity and sort of ignoring things, it can create a lot of anxiety. That's actually our, our first C out of our, we have four C's that we find clarity is the first one without clarity. How do you know that you where you're going is going to get you where you want to be? Like whatever direction you go is going to get you there because it's, <laughs> you don't know what, where you're going. So after you started this process and you're working with someone, what did that help you accomplish? Or what is that helping you accomplish now financially, personally, mentally? Mentally for me, it's kind of the biggest thing. I mean, you know, I've been able to really know now what I'm setting up for my retirement and retirement plans. I know now that I've got protection in place if something were to happen to my husband or myself and that my daughter would be taken care of and not you know, just with a tiny little pittance that, you know, is kind of what comes with, with, with benefits, but, you know, but with a decent plan. And so for me, it's a lot of, like I said, it's just been, it's a lot of comfort. You know, we've got those different pieces, you know, cause the financial plan isn't just the money. It's a lot of it is protecting that money and the security around it and the insurances that come with it and setting all that up so that if one of us were to get hurt or one of us were, you know, God forbid something were to permanently happen to us, you know, that the the others who are left, you know, are, are covered and they're good. And, you know, I was really sick recently and like super duper sick and I'm thankfully better, but being that sick and having a will set up and having life insurance set up was strangely a huge relief that yeah. if this were to go sideways and I were to get sicker and not get better, they're going to be okay. Right. And before that, I would not have had that. That's wonderful. So for all of those that are listening right now, what is one piece of advice that you would want to leave everyone about finances? What is something that you would say if they should walk away or if it's more than one, please share that too. I would say if your finances are giving you anxiety, then you need to find someone to help you because crawling out of that anxiety by yourself is not only difficult, but you're going to spend way more time doing that than it would be just to grab the hand of someone who loves what they do and is good at what they do and can totally help you in three sessions. It just seems like a no brainer. So if you're feeling anxious and, you know, overwhelmed about your finances, I think it's great to educate yourself. Don't get me wrong. And at the same time, I think that grabbing the hand of someone who's waiting for you to call them and waiting for you to ask for their help is, it just makes so much sense. And afterwards, you're going to look back and just be like, I can't believe I didn't do that sooner. Right. I'm sure we've all had that experience where we're like, gosh, I wish I'd done that sooner. We all go through that in our lives. 
to pivot here, shift gears again. I always like to leave this on a fun part here. If you were an animal, what would you be? And why that animal? It could be the animal that you are today, or it could be just if it's your, I was watching this movie the other day, it was called like your spirit animal or something like that. If you were one, like, then what would it be? I would be, I would be a falcon because I get these crazy urges. So I used to rock climb. I don't anymore because I'm living in Florida, but I used to rock (laughs) climb. And, you know, we would climb to the tops of these crazy mountains and, you know, top out, you'd get to the top and you climb up onto the top of the rock and you just look out and, you know, there's this just vast valley below you. And I always get this crazy impulse to jump, (laughs) but only if I were to fly, obviously, Right. you know, but it, it's such a, it's such a, um, like, if I could just fly, you Sounds know, exhilarating. I, I, you know, like, if I could pick an animal, that that's what I would, that's what I would be. I mean, that is to so like, awesome. dive toward the ground at, you know, 80 miles an hour and catch something to eat. That just sounds like fun. Yeah, I, I love your, your thought process behind that. Yeah. If any of our listeners wanted to get in touch with you and they're looking to reach out just to ask you some questions or if they're wanting to ask some things around, like they're trying to find someone their self to work with or just anything in general, just to support, like what would be the best way for them to reach them? Well, they can go to my website, which is thepurposefulvet.com. That's my, you know, veterinary well-being website. I talk about relationship skills and improving your life through the power of transforming your relationship or, you know, the other way is my other website, which is ericamendezdvm.com, which is my behavior website. If I know behavior can always be a sticky point for some people, but I love it. So yeah. <laughs> that's, um, that's a place for, you know, for them to reach me and cool. just kind of, you know, those, those are also Gmail accounts. So it's the purposeful vet at gmail.com or ericamendezdvm at gmail.com. Great. Well, I love the the behavior aspect of it because we're helping trying to shift the behavior and the habits that people have around their money. So I think you and I work very close hand in hand with that. But thanks for joining me today. This has been a great time. Hope you've had just as much fun as I have. Always. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, Absolutely. For all of you listening today, if you want to reach out to Erica, you know, you've got her information. I'll also make sure to try to include it in the description below. But in the meantime, have a great day. This is Tom Seco wishing you a lifetime of financial success. Don't forget to visit our website and sign up for our newsletter. By subscribing, you'll be the first to know about upcoming race-approved CE webinars, podcast releases, short presentations, and articles that we publish. Make sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on LinkedIn, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. C.J. Burnett and Tom Seco are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, and financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. C.J. Burnett's and Tom Seco's California licenses are 0K79676 and 0K80141, respectively. Security products and advisory services are offered through Park Avenue Securities, LLC, a registered broker-dealer, investment advisor, member of FINRA and the SIPC, and a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Florida Veterinary Advisors is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. This podcast is for information purposes only guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Florida Veterinary Advisors, and opinions stated are their own. This material is intended for general use. By providing the content, Park Avenue Securities LLC and your financial representative are not undertaking to provide investment advice or make a recommendation for a specific individual or situation or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. All investments contain risk and may lose value. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. The individuals associated with Florida Veterinary Advisors do not maintain specialized licenses or qualifications for the financial services provided to veterinary professionals. Florida Veterinary Advisors is not registered in any state or with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission as a registered investment advisor. Submission number 2023-151790 expires February of 2025.